Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. It's like it's like teaching a, a clown to dance. <laughs> the big circle at the front, and everyone just going fight, fight, fight. And Matthew Kelly's there giving it all the Bruce Lee shit, you know. good morning wherever and whenever you may be listening or now actually wherever you may be watching mm, look at that eh? lit flash thank you so so much for joining us this is chain wrestling live with mags and Sai via radio techers i am the clueless and quite nervous side because i've got no idea how any of this bloody works um but with me as always to hold my hand through this process is the philip schofield to my sarah green it's a going live reference, kids. It was an old TV show back in the day. Look it up if you don't get it. It's actually quite funny <laughs> if you think about it, all right? The Burnley bad boy to my Gloucester gut guy. Hmm? A podcaster that has actually had loads of live internet experience. Just don't tell Mrs. Mags about that hidden webcam because she'll go spare. The podfather himself, Mr. Mags. How are we doing, sir? Wow, I did not think you would use the first episode of Chain Wrestling Live to help me <laughs> to Mrs. Mags. Brilliant. Yeah, she I'm doing really this well. nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> she can't stand wrestling. Uh, no, no I'm, I'm excited for this uh, this new venture we're going on, so I'm really um, nervous, but genuinely excited. I think we're going to have a, a great time here on Chain Wrestling. We've already got our first comment in the chat. Our Ooh. good friend Dan Griffin. Um Chain Wrestling Live, baby, absolutely. And if you want to join in on the fun, um, you can easily dive in the chat, send us your messages. We'll get them uh, read out on air, uh, live in the show. Um, and for people who have never watched, uh, never, well, no one's ever watched it, but for people who've never listened to an episode of Chain Wrestling, I'll give a quick kind of a um, kind of synopsis of what the show's about. So me and Sarah, we uh, take to Twitter, we pitch a match, uh, for, for the, the Twitter followers to vote on, then we would sign out. We will watch that match and rate it and review it. And then we will then pitch two more matches, which have some sort of tenuous link to the match that we've just watched. Therefore, continuing that chain. Uh, we have a plenty of episodes in the archive so you can go on to uh the the visionaries global media uh podcast feed and 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 you can start from from uh the very first episode but essentially this is an, a new beginning for us um and we went all guns blazing with our two choices for for this week didn't we sir 
We did, we did. And for the first time in, what, three or four weeks, mm-hmm. uh, I lost, Mags. I lost the poll. Five. It was five weeks. Five weeks. it was five weeks. <laughs> five weeks. That's, that's the biggest winning streak I've had, I think. It you know, but you're, you're still ahead. You're still ahead. You're still, I think, 18, 14 or 18, 15 ahead or something. But I'm catching up, Magsy. I'm catching mm-hmm. up. Yeah, our wrestling topic for today, as you can probably see by the wonderful background surrounding us, if I'm pointing in the right direction, my arms go the wrong way when I'm doing this, weirdly. Um, we are looking at Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock from WrestleMania 17 uh, for the WWE Championship, a fantastic main event. Probably the best WrestleMania of all time, or arguably at least. There's there's a few other people who suggest other ones, but this this is one of my favorites. So I'm really looking forward to getting mm-hmm. to that later in the show. Um, before we get any further, however, there is something I want to quickly touch upon. Um, there was some quite sad news a few hours ago, as as me and Magsy know, coming on to record, and the passing of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff who was part of the very first WrestleMania main event, um, hugely integral and important, I believe, in being the the bad guy foil to Hulk Hogan's Superman good guy gimmick way back in the day when it was all starting in the early 80s, um, and a fantastic talent and, and wonderfully gifted. Um, brilliant matches in WCW when he headed there as well. He'd been ill for a little while, but sadly today, the wrestling world, we've lost... Uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So condolences to his friends and family and and, and so on. And uh, thank you so, so much for all the many years of entertainment you gave us. Um, Magsy, any any Paul Orndorff memories at all, mate? Yeah, um, he was um, he was quite pivotal in my for for my very early uh, youth watching wrestling, uh, and it's it's a big big loss. Like like you said, he was he was the perfect foil for for the 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 huge baby face of of, of, of Hulk Hogan. So for for him to pass away is, is it's a massive massive loss to the wrestling world. Um, I remember his. Uh, when he's, I think it was his last uh, last time he was on WWE programming when he uh, when he was came out and he was introduced and he just hammed it up in a way that only Paul Orndorff could. Uh, yeah, yeah it was, it's uh, a very very sad moment and uh, our wishes go out to all his friends and family. Yeah, without doubt, without doubt. If um, anyone wants to go back and have a look at some old Orndorff stuff, jump on WWE Network, YouTube, or whatever. Um, early nineties WCW is fantastic. As much as with Cactus Jack back there are worth looking at, or the stuff with Hogan way back in eighty four, eighty five, eighty six, that kind mm-hmm. of era. And look out for his pile driver finisher. Absolutely superb. Yeah, yes. may may you rest in peace, Mister Orndorff, sir. So, uh, so before we get to the next topic, sir, uh, let's uh, quickly run through some of these comments. I've uh, got a lot of love in the chat so far. Uh, okay. Brian Kinsella, a.k.a. Clavert <laughs> from the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, says the beard's not backing enough since last week then. No, it's not. Uh, we both look like middle-aged babies. Yeah, uh, it was a big yeah. error. It was a big mistake. It was a big mistake. And one I deeply regretted the moment it happened. <laughs> Uh, the Matt Attack, uh, our uh, good friend and, and Radio Tech's cohort, uh, Matt Willis, uh, with the the, the um, Austin chant of what, what, what. And then uh, somebody who, uh, who may be uh, very familiar to say here, uh, see <laughs> Mags has more belts than Dad. Is that because Mags' choices always win? Do you know, it, they don't. Sai si was on a five pick win streak uh but i have brought that for the first episode of of chain wrestling live 
and then Matt has come back with a couple more. Uh, it is it is the best uh, WrestleMania of all time. Say is right. I'm sure I've uh, heard Matt on many occasions say that WrestleMania 19 is a uh, is uh, the best WrestleMania of all time. So he may uh, he may have uh, changed his tune there. And again, Matt reiterates what we say. Uh, rest in peace, Mister Wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. Ah, so Maxi, how's your week been, my friend? What have you been up to? Anything good? Yeah, been uh, busy prepping for the the debut of our uh, Radio Techers. Uh, we started on um, Saturday night with the five rounds making its uh, its uh, debut, and then uh, yesterday we had the 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 pain and the pleasure of uh, of uh, looking back at England versus Italy uh, for a, for a recap. Uh, so that was was cool, but also sad. Um, but yeah, it's been hectic getting prepared for this show, uh, trying to lead a horse to water and then also <laughs> trying to make him drink. I mean, again, guys, this is somebody who thinks a phone connected to a wall is a technological advancement. So actually hey. getting him to be live <laughs> is this is the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> I'll tell you what, at that time, connecting the phone to the wall made perfect sense. You take it out of context every single week, okay? <laughs> uh, I went for a meal out, Magsy, on Friday. Um, it was my son's 18th. Um, it was it was really nice. My in-laws, um, well, my, my father-in-law took us all for a bite to eat. It was, it was quite lovely. And we went to a place that I'd never... Well, the, the, obviously it's Gloucester, so I know whereabouts roughly it is, but the name didn't ring a bell and, uh, you know, lockdown for a good year and a half. And I don't like I ate out, uh, eat out a lot anyway. Um, so it's quite a, a, a new thing for me. When I arrived, I was like, I recognize this. What is this? And it was a place down in Gloucester Docks, which has been uh, refurbished, rebuilt or, or however they word it now. You know, they sort of. Um, it was all just derelict warehouses and, and a mess in certain areas for quite a while. Um However, in the middle of this derelict warehouses and mess and car parks and just just an absolute state of Gloucester um, was a fantastic old school pub called the Waterfront that I used to go to a great deal when I was younger. Um, underage, quite naughtily. Mum, if you're watching, I'm sorry, you know, but you know about it by now, don't you? Um, <laughs> and it, it was it was fun. Some of, my, some of my best years growing up were spent in this pub watching live bands. And it was a proper sawdust on the floor biker pub and proper dingy, horrible, crappy little place. This is what this restaurant is now. It's been converted into this restaurant. Wow. So I walk in and I'm sat there and I'm looking around and I'm thinking, something, this kind of feels familiar, but it's not, you know, it's, it's like deja vu. Like I've been there before, but it was all different. And in the end, I'm going for a little bit of a walk with, with my middle daughter um, and, you know, sort of tottering around and I'm looking and thinking, okay, the core box used to be over there. That used to be the door for the toilets. And it was fantastic. It, it was fantastic being back in this, this building that I spent so much time in when I was, I don't know, 15, 16, up to maybe 20, 21, potentially. Um, my sister used to come in there as well. And, and, you know, all my friends from football used to part in there most Saturdays. It was fantastic. But it reminded me of one particular story, which I, which I now makes me laugh. But at the time, it was terrifying. Um, do you remember the old school um, phone boxes that used to just, it'd be a box on the wall and you put your 10p in or 20p or whatever it was, but you you'd dial your number, it would ring and ring and you'd wait for the other person to answer before you put the money in. Okay, yeah. Yeah, otherwise, it, you know, it, it wouldn't work. If you put it in before and it would just drop through. Yeah. Um, it, again, kids, look it up, Google it. You know, if these things did exist. We didn't all carry mini computers <laughs> in our <laughs> pocket. <laughs> <back> <laughs> <in> <laughs> <it>. Exactly. 
<laughs> I was under very, very strict instructions from my mum to stop going to this pub. I'm underage, and she wasn't worried about me. <laughs> she was worried about this gentleman. Um, there's my mum. Hi, mum. <laughs> um, Hello, she, Mrs. Powell. She kept kicking my ass because she was saying that this guy will lose his license. But, you know, I'm a young kid. I don't care. My mum was 100% right, but I'm a young kid. I don't care. I'm thinking I'm going to this pub. Um, so I told her I'm going around my mate's house. My mate said he was coming around our house to his parents, the standard, you know, back and forth. And uh, we went off to, to, to this boozer. And it got to a certain point in the night when I'm thinking, right, I'm not going to go home now. So I need to ring my mum and say, mum, I'm staying out tonight. So I got the 10p, went to the call box, waited for a bit of a quiet moment because that was a noisy pub. Because, again, there's no call box around there. It's a, it's a load of abandoned warehouses. Um, rang my parents' phone number. Ring, 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 ring. My mum answered, dropped the 10p in, and it went straight through the machine. And I could hear my mum going, hello, hello, hello. And I'm dropping this 10p through the machine, and it keeps coming out, and I'm panicking, but it's because I've got no more change. And then the phone goes dead, and I'm like, ah. Oh. And then I'm guessing she must have done 1471 or return call or something like that. My heart sinks because I hear the bar phone ring, and it's my mum. And the landlord answers the phone, hello, waterfront. And my mum, basically, basically, the landlord is like, sorry, your mum's on the phone. So that was embarrassing enough as it oh, was, getting a phone call wow. from my mum at the bar. And the next thing was I picked the phone up and my mum's going, I thought I told you not to go to that pub. And I couldn't deny anything because the, the, the guy answered the phone literally, hello, waterfront. So, yeah, that was, uh, that, was, that was not a pleasant moment for me when I returned home that day. I'll tell you that, Magsy. <laughs> wow. And uh, m- uh, Mrs. Powell in the chat has uh, started off a... Uh, Quite a little conversation going. So um, Anya said, hi, Nan, with your mum then replying. And even a hi to me. So, yeah, I really do appreciate that. <laughs> and then Andy from Bang Bang Podcast. I'm assuming it's Andy. Maybe Steve. Uh, I, I would guess it's not due to how polite he is. Uh, yeah. But he's also saying hi to, uh, to Mrs. Powell as well. Um, but yeah, uh, glad you are all having fun in the chat, laughing at Simon's misfortune, much like Sound I get to do every single week. It is going to be a running theme of the show, you know, whether something's happened to me recently or recovering a former topic, and, and you get to sit there and just laugh at my stupidity. Max. So, <laughs> <laughs> shall we power through then and get to our non wrestling topic of the week? Let's let's do so, sir. Okay, so this week, uh, Mags and I had the thought of entertainment shows, I guess, um, but shows that shows that you attend live. So whether that would be, you know, any you know, paying to go to the cinema, paying to go to a concert or a festival, paying to go to a football match, football away days. There's always good stories with these. Um, you know, anything like that, um, concerts, whatever any form of entertainment that you've paid for to to go along and watch um and we wanted stories that were good were bad whatever you whatever you had for us really mm-hmm. um and we had as always we had a fantastic amount of response didn't we magazine i mean I, I can't thank the listeners or watchers i guess now would you call it i don't really know but you can't we can't i can't viewers. thank our listeners viewers there we go better than watchers <laughs> i can't yeah, thank we- people enough yeah, we are blown away every single week with the amount of feedback and, and uh, response that we get. It's uh, it's really heartwarming that you've taken this this little project of ours to your to your hearts, and you really made the show ten times better than what it was originally. So yeah, we appreciate it. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'll just go through them roughly in the order they arrived into us. Uh, so we'll start with our good buddy Chris at Millwall Chris One on Twitter. Uh, he said, and it, it's a two-parter because I had to ask for more information. The first tweet we had was, "I once almost shit myself at Wembley whilst watching an American football game after consuming a ton of mints." Um, so I asked the question as to what happened. And basically he was trying to force his way past the bloke in the cubicle as he was coming out. And he thinks he was, he was on the toilet before the other guy even left the cubicle. So it was obviously a quite, quite the pressing emergency magazine. <laughs> wow. I mean, what mints were, was he eating that, that caused him to, uh, to need to shit so quickly? Well, he's put, he's just put mints. I, I assumed that was like, you know, polos or forex or tree ball. But think mm-hmm. about it. If you've got a jippy tummy, what if it's, mints as in mince meat what if it's like he's just sat there eating a bag of raw mince <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden it's, it, you know, that, 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 that effect surely that's that's horrific <laughs> um our good buddy steve-o at total steve-o on twitter he says the only terrible concert he can think of he had a bad experience watching kill switch um, which is a band that Steve-O and I both really enjoy. He says that he dislocated his knee in the mosh pit when they were performing at Exeter Lemon Grove. Um, he says his, afterwards his mate Howard Jones gave, says it, Howard Jones, the singer from Killswitch, gave him a shout out. But he was already, I think, on his well on his way to hospital. So it, imagine that dislocating oh. your knee, jumping around in the middle of a middle of a mosh pit, mate. That was that sounds horrific. I saw that. But to get a shout out on it is is, is yeah. it worth it? I would have well, thought so. I don't know about that, mate. Is it? I mean, if, you were there, if you were there to, <laughs> to witness it, I mean, cut, being caught up on the stretcher and then like waving as waving to yeah. people as they go past, that would have been worth it. But yeah, uh, I mean, we all do idiotic things. Steve or seems to do more idiotic things than most are. Well, yeah, that is true. That is true. And we love him for it. <laughs> uh, more from Mill Chris. Says just talking about crazy ticket prices for entertainment events. Um, he says he once paid £25 to sit front row at a battle royal. Imagine how much that would cost nowadays. And obviously, he's referring to the famous battle royal at the Albert Hall event from 1991, I think it was, wasn't it, Max? Yeah, um, yeah, he was sat front row, and apparently, you can see him on, on the show when you rewatch it back and so on. But 25 quid, how much would that work out now for a front row, front, a front row seat for a WWE oh, event like that? That'd you're be... talking hundreds, yeah, yeah. People just get priced out of the market, don't they? I think, yeah. That go straight up onto Ticketmaster, uh, or, or uh, get me in and be hundreds, if not thousands, of pounds now. Mm. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, at UTT Rob, our good buddy there, host of the UTT podcast. Check that out if anyone gets the opportunity. Um, always a good show there. It he says here he went to some he went to a Sheffield United versus Wimbledon football match in '99 that ended five-one. He missed his train. And then after getting off the tram in Hillsborough, the town, as opposed to Hillsborough, the actual ground, um, he had to run across a park and so on to get to the match because obviously he got off at the wrong place as well as missing the train initially and arrived in the 82nd minute with Wednesday already 4-1 up. Now, Ooh. to me, at what point do you just think, sort it, I'm, I'm going home? Yeah. Yeah, because around that time uh, is when they start just opening the gates for people wanting to leave. Yeah, so to beat the traffic sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, so he, he could have just nipped in, not even paid for his tickets. So, yeah, that's uh, that's bad. When you catch eight minutes of a game and you've missed 
the four-one. That's uh, yeah. That's brutal. That is shocking. I went to a Gloucester City game. Gloucester, obviously, my local side. I went to a never give up, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is dedication, Rob. I I appreciate mm. that anyway. I went to um, watch Gloucester City play in one of their more successful successful years back in the late 90s. It was a 1-1 draw at home. I arrived five minutes late, which is when we went 1-0 down. And my lift wanted to leave five minutes early. And that's when we equalised. So it was a 1-1 <laughs> so game. You, so you caught all the trap in between and missed the two good points. <laughs> yeah, basically, it was a 1-1 draw. And I didn't see either goal. So, yeah, that, that was worth my afternoon, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> uh, Dan Griffin, at Dan Griffin 21. If anyone's... Wondering what's going on. My phone is literally just below me here. That's why I keep glancing down. I've not quite mastered the same as Magsy being technologically advanced and having stuff up on the screen I can see here. So apologies it, if I, I keep screening. I, I have walked him through double screening, but he's just it, it's like it's like teaching a, a clown to dance. <laughs> see, I've got I've got the screen up here, like and I can see what's going on. I've got my format next to me. That's quite good, you know. I'm quite happy with that. And I actually Magsy had another screen running off my laptop yesterday. But wow. because I'm in such a small space, it doesn't fit. So I've got to get another screen that's a bit smaller to get it in here. So, <laughs> and that is literally the space I have, just so everyone can see. There we go. But I love my little cubby hole. It works for me. Okay. Um, Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin twenty one on Twitter. He says the worst experience he has had, and it's another football match one. Um, being in Wembley when Liverpool lost the League Cup on penalties to Manchester City. Um, he says he also, and I remember this story from a previous episode, um, he missed the only ever nine darter thrown <laughs> in a PDC World Darts final. He was there live. Um, I think he went to the bar, came back and had missed the nine darter. So, and it was the only one, like he says, ever thrown in a PDC World Final. So that's that, that's shocking to me. That's, you know, that's he's, really bad. He's um, also actually, we've got a hot off the hot off the ticket with uh, with Dan Griffin. He also had tickets to see Sting wrestle for Impact in his first UK appearance in over 10 years. Got stuck on the M62, cost some useless uh, swear word, crashed in the <laughs> snow. Oh, man. That'd be gutting as well, wouldn't it? Not, not, not getting somewhere through... If you screw up yourself, I suppose it's annoying, it's frustrating, but it's kind of on you. But if it's something like that where somebody's crashed, that would drive me bat- I mean, we, um, My wife and I, we went to go see... Um, I can't remember the lineup now. I think it was like Def Leppard, Motley Crue, and then there was a couple of bands underneath. I think Steel Panther were opening, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to see the support acts and crew. Um, but because the person we were going with was so effectively disorganized, we arrived just as crew were going on stage. So we missed the first couple of bands we wanted to see. Now, they were doing us a favor by giving us a lift, so we couldn't say nothing, but I was seething i was you know driving me mad and since then it's very rare that we depend on lifts from from certain people um <laughs> dan griffin continues uh the best experience was being in a skybox at wembley for the anthony joshua versus klitschko world heavyweight title fight and aj winning that does sound pretty spectacular have you ever been in a box or anything like that mags yeah i mean we'll we'll get to that when it's uh when it's my turn so don't yeah. jump the gun sir oh sorry <laughs> um <laughs> He also says he met Ledley King at a Spurs away game. He was a proper gent. Um, he says he missed out on the opportunity to deck the con man that is Michael McIntyre the same day. He's a fraud of a comedian. So there we go. Obviously, Dan, not a fan of Michael McIntyre there. <laughs> um, he goes on to also mention he met Ray Clements at a Liverpool Man City Cup final, which was uh, great fun for him as well, being a Liverpool fan. Um, and he said the best moment for him 
is his mum is a lifelong Liverpool fan and he took her to a Liverpool Legends match a few years ago. Got to see legends like Aldridge, Rush, Fowler, Kennedy and so on. But the bit that means the most to him was standing in the cop and singing You'll Never Walk Alone with his mum. I mean, that's fantastic. I'm a United yeah. fan, so bleh. But, you know, from a you know, parents and, and sharing that moment at sporting stores, that, that's yeah, lovely, yeah. I think, Max. Yeah, really is. Yeah. Um, GH on Twitter, at Carrie the Gary, says he it was a bad concert or a bad entertainment experience, but he once forgot he had tickets to see Jimmy Eat World until three days after the concert. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. I mean, I'm not a huge Jimmy Eat World fan, but if I had tickets for it, I would have at least attempted to go. But, yeah, wow, forgetting. I mean, forgetting just a spa- Oh, I've got these tickets. Oh, shit, I've missed three it. Three days, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, you'd be gutted, wouldn't you? you know, especially if you're going to other people, and these people actually went and they watched the go. Where's Gary? You know, it's, it's that sort of thing, you know, but... Oh, there we go. Um, he said he spent the night in question playing Streets of Rage 2 with a friend, blissfully I mean, unaware the gig was on. I mean, that's a good a good way to spend the night. Uh, Streets of Rage 2 is, a, is yeah, an awesome game, classic. one of my favourite games. Uh, but to miss a concert for it, oof. No. I mean, Streets of Rage is always going to be there. Uh, how many times are you going to be able to see uh, Jimmy World live? Well, this is it. Yeah, I mean, Gary now probably probably should just turned up to their house. They'd probably do a, an impromptu <laughs> concert. <laughs> Sometimes you're quite spiteful, you know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've, it's only took you thirty episodes to realise that. Well, yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting softer as we go along. I don't know. I'm sort of. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. He ah, so right at my street, he attended a Motorhead concert. In 2006, five minutes into the show, a goth started throwing punches at innocent people, um, which is obviously disgusting behaviour. People are there to have fun, but you always get some bloody idiot just being just being a moron, don't you? You know. Anyway, you go. Um, he says, thankfully, a Matthew Kelly lookalike karate kicked the the fuck out of the goth, knocking him clean out. Got a huge pop from the crowd. He always wondered if it was him. I love the idea that Matthew Kelly is. Yeah, potentially missing a filming of a game show to pop along and watch Motorhead and then gets involved in some impromptu martial arts battle. Say, yeah, <laughs> the big circle at the front and everyone just going, fight, fight, fight. And Matthew Kelly's there giving it all the Bruce Lee shit, you know? Wow. And then Danny's uh, follow up comment tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be in intensive care. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, definitely so. Um, Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter. This will be Graham here. Um, he says his favourite memories of entertainment uh, and events and so on was the whole weekend that Matt and he spent going to WrestleMania 35 in New Jersey. Uh, six different wrestling shows in three days. Toured New York City. Saw lots of indie events. Went to Madison Square Garden. Um, he said he absolutely loved it and it's immortalized forever in their artwork on their podcast. So go and give them a follow at Good Bad Wrestle. Uh, again, Matt, uh, Ray Joe Tecker's uh, brother, I suppose, uh, and Graham, a, you know, an excellent chap as well. Go give their show a follow. Go give that a listen. It's, it's brilliant. What, what week does that come out now? Uh, not does it come out now, Max? Sunday? Or is that moved? Uh, no, I think it is Sunday, but um, keep your uh, ears peeled to Radio Tecker's because. Uh, 
that may also be uh, popping up on our schedule in uh, in the coming weeks. Why? Bloody hell, eh? Bloody hell. Um, I've got, well, this is the very, very first ever message into the show on our Instagram account. The very first one, Max. Wow. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. We could have had more, but I don't really know how to use it. So if, if, <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> so if anyone's messaged in on Instagram and I've missed it, I am very, very sorry. But please use the email address that we have. Um, it's chain wrestling at protonmail.com um, or Twitter or carrier pigeon or smoke signal. It's easier to get to me that way, I think. Um, it's my friend, Ari. Uh, Dave, oh, he says, it literally, it literally says, us at Manowar, tell it, um, which I will do. I'll come to that in a moment uh, when we get to the end of these, because it means opening up another window, so you have to bear with me a moment. But yes, we will get to the Manowar, the Manowar weekend. That was quite an event. Um, Andy, Bang Bang Podcast, sent us a DM with a few, uh, few moments here, which are music and football-based. Um, away trips with football. He says his dad took him to watch the mighty Bristol City away at Millwall in 1984. The coach had all the windows put through by the Millwall fans and he had to hide under a seat whilst the coach was invaded. He was six years old. Stay classy, Aww. Millwall Football Club. Stay classy, yeah? yeah exactly. <laughs> Scumbags, mate. Um, in 1994, he went to... Uh, a friend of his, sorry, went to his first away trip to Birmingham City. He's a big lad. And got stuck in <laughs> got stuck in one of the working turnstiles for away fans. The kickoff was delayed until they got him out. Oh, oh can you imagine that? Oh, wow. no, I'm a big wow. fella. If I got stuck, I'd be, oh, I'd be mortified, man. How how embarrassing! The whole game being delayed for for you being wedged I mean, in. That, that would yeah, you would be you'd be so devastated. Mm. I'd be mortified. Or it'd be one or two things. I don't think there'd be a middle ground. It'd be very black and white for me. There'd be no grey area. It'd be, I'd be so mortified I'd have to go home. Or I'd be at that stage where I just didn't give a shit. Yeah, but it uh, depend, be... depends on how many cans of, uh, of alcoholic beverage you, you'd drunk before. Yeah, I suppose. If you were, if you were off cut, you'd be like, yes, I'm, I'm famous. They've stopped the game <laughs> for me. I'm going to be in all the local papers. I'm going to be on a clip show on the BBC in 15 years' time for what happened next or something like that, you know? <laughs> um, Andy continues. He went to see Morrissey in Swindon a few years back. He was playing the Oasis Leisure Centre. He did one song, and Andy's put he passed out, so I'm guessing he uh, doesn't believe Mr. Morrissey's health issues here. Um, or he realised he was playing a gig on a five-a-side pitch and promptly fucked off out of, a, out of Swindon in a cab. So you know, he's, he's paid for a ticket, sim one song, and the guy's just basically jumped in a taxi and cleared off after after one track. Um, yeah, not good. You hear lots of stories about Morrissey, actually, don't you, being a bit of a dick? Yeah, he's... he's... He's up his own ass. If he wasn't a vegetarian, he would eat himself out, I reckon. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, Andy's finishes off by saying he also saw Pete Doherty in Bristol uh, and he was smoking on stage and his hat caught on fire. 
That's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Brilliant. <laughs> Comes back to that. That's I suppose that Donny Tourette story we were telling last week, Max, where he's trying to be all Billy Bad yeah. bollocks, wasn't he? And yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, he's he's lit a cigarette that you can buy in the shops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I included the clip in the show. Actually, if anyone wants to jump, was it last week or the week before? If anyone wants to jump week. back in in the archives, as they say, and have a little listen to that. Um, Oh, mentioning that, actually, talking about the shows coming out and so on, the audio format of the show is still going to be available. Um, Wednesday is the normal release date. That is hopefully when it will be coming out as well. Just keep your eyes peeled on all our social medias there. The, the audio version of the show will still be coming out, despite the fact that we're recording this or, or broadcasting this live now as well. You're getting a peek behind the curtain, people. This is this is how it works. Audio doesn't just record itself and throw itself out there. You have no. to put in some groundwork. Yeah. The big difference is, obviously, I'm, I've got clothes on this week because normally when the camera's off, I'm just sat here naked. The five nerds go away. <laughs> uh, Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin twenty one. He was he responded once again with he went to Anthony Joshua versus Joseph Parker in Cardiff. Ended mm-hmm. up sat next to some twats who were coked off their heads. Um, they were smoking in the stands and doing lines of coke off their bold mate's head. The only thing that calmed them down was being threatened by Russian Povotkin fans behind them. See, wow. I'm all for people having having fun i'm all for people doing what you want to do you want to you want to put something up your nose you want to smoke something funny whatever crack on it's your life as long as you're not hurting other people sound you know the moment you start affecting other people around you or you know yeah i suppose when you get to that stage of addictions that you're robbing people to fund your habit that's a different situation you want to have a bit of fun great don't go somewhere like that and be complete dicks and ruin it for everyone else that's just that's just ridiculous yeah, it is. Uh, I'm I'm along the same lines of you. You, uh, if it, if you don't harm anyone else and you're enjoying yourself and having fun, you do what you what you feel you need to do. Uh, but when it starts encroaching on other people's enjoyment, you're going uh, you're going too far. And you need to just rein it in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Saying that, uh, the younger pals in the chat, don't you ever do any of those things. <laughs> or even the older powers, man. Yes, <laughs> we're looking at you, Mrs. Powell. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, okay, Maxie. So, what about yourself, bud? Well, just before I get to man, we'll uh, we've got plenty in the chat here. Uh, so, oh, excellent. Run, run through this. Uh, Andy from Bang Bang says, "Wait, that's sir. It's like he's never seen your face before." Oh, he hasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Anya confirms that this is sad, just in case we didn't we didn't know. Uh, then Liam, uh, uh, I assume this is uh, the 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 recently birthday boy. So um, ha- happy belated birthday, Liam! He said, "Don't worry, Dad's never been good with technology. He gets annoyed when the remote doesn't work." Are you the kind of person that will press the button harder to try and make it work? No. No, Liam, it's half past nine. Go to bed. <laughs> M- Mrs. Powell confirms that it is very, very true. Um, oh, for crying out loud, what's this? That was my whole family jumping in to gang up on me. And don't get him started on Apple products. Well, I'm just not, I'm just not an iPhone fan, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Great friend of the show, um, Scottish juggler Danny. Uh, he's loving this so far. And yeah, we're loving uh, everybody getting involved. It's absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, Dan confirms that he actually did see Sting wrestle for Impact the following year. Uh, and oh, he good. The, good. He got the scar box at 24 hours notice for the Joshua Fart. Oh, nice. Um, Mrs. Powell says that she's still not seen uh, Steel Panther to this, to this day. And I it's have. all your fault, sir. <laughs> It's not it's my fault. All your fault. It weren't my fault at all. I've seen them. But Anya mm. says that she went to the Logan Paul versus Case Affart and got front row tickets as her best friend broke her knee. Again, what a friend. Willing to break her knee to make sure you get first uh, get front row seats. That's absolutely amazing. Oh, that works. Can you do that? Can you just shatter your knee and like you know, if, if you get out of the car and walk with a limp, will you get like special treatment or something? I mean, maybe. I mean, there's a, that Ali G skit where he pulls up in his car and he pretends he's got a sore leg so he can park in the disabled. So, yeah, suppose it works. <laughs> yeah, very true, very true, very true. Andy um, from Bang Bang is not going to hear any Jimmy Eat World slander. Um, Liam comes back and says, not really seeing a bad gig, but rather performing. The singer and drummer were high. Um, because of this, the singer fluffed his lines and the lead, lead guitarist was a little bit drunk. Sounds a little bit like uh, when uh, Morshead did uh, Triple H's entrance and they just didn't remember the words, so he just made them up as he as he went along. Yeah, but that's that's Lemmy. He can do that. Yeah. Um, then... We, I mean, there's there's tons and tons of comments. I'm uh, uh, sorry if I missed some of these out, but uh, we've got uh, Sharon coming back with uh, size normally the more it gigs. <laughs> Never going to see Wasp with him ever again. Um, and he confirms that uh, Sar prefers his uh, his correspondence through pigeon mail. <laughs> Dan with another story. I nearly got stuck in the turnstile at Grimsby. Practically took it to my seat with me. That is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And bang bang uh, confirming that there was only that one turnstile. Oh, that's even else. worse. Yeah, that is that is brutal. Uh, Anya has lots of love for my Sports Direct Cup. I actually bought a jacket that I didn't even want because it came with a free cup. I give the jacket away. Um, <laughs> could you not have just bought a cut well the the jacket was on it was like on on sale it was a uh, it was like 95 percent off so i ended up just buying it for for one of my sons and it uh, okay. came, the cup came through it so that just like sealed the deal for me um, we got a big sports direct cup downstairs mate and i find that it's you know like the cheap um i don't know like the really cheapo own brand cup of suits they're never quite strong enough because they're quite watery mm. and cheap and crap, aren't they? If you mm. use your Sports Direct mug, but put two cup of soups in it, spot on the money. Yeah, well, this for me is There perfect. you go. I've, Learned something today. I, <laughs> I, I love oversized coffee cups. I think it might be the third or fourth one I have. The only problem I have with them is the handles are always weak and they'll fall off because they're holding like a, a gallon of liquid in them. Mm. So um, Normally whiskey, yeah, yeah? In a cup... I am I am classy, so I have a glass for whiskey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for all the for your uh, comments in the chat. Just so many coming through, we really do appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, so, um, I suppose you want to hear my stories. Mine are nowhere near as bad as the horrific tales that we get from our from our uh, viewers and listeners. Uh, but. Uh, for a good one, uh, uh, we have some family members who own uh, a plumbing merchant supplies, and one of his uh, one of the reps that he dealt with uh, 
actually got tickets for a Bolton versus Blackburn game uh, a few years ago. Now, none of us were, were supporters, so he, he got these uh, tickets and said, do you want to come along? Because he knew that, uh, that uh, I enjoyed football. Hated both teams, but I enjoyed football. Anyway, so we, we turned up to, uh, to uh, the, the Reebok Stadium, uh, thinking that we were just going to be sat in the stands. Oh, no, we got took right up to the executive suites. Oh, it was so posh. I, I felt well out of place um, because we were at all these kind of like northern scum, essentially. Uh, <laughs> and then he's dealing with, he's there having meetings with these, uh, or with these like um, uh, reps for, for plumbing supplies. So we get to uh, the pre-match meal and it was absolutely amazing. We had smoked salmon uh, bleedies for starter. Uh, we had steak for, for main. And then we got to just open the the kind of uh, the vestibule windows as opposed to watch the game. It was uh, we watched a, a good three four minutes of the game. Couldn't even tell you the score because uh, it was not interesting at all. And we just ended up getting our sold at the at the on <laughs> at the on suite bar. So yeah, that was a that was a, a, a fun time had by all me and uh, me and Mrs. Mags uh, enjoying a bit of Bolton versus Blackburn football. Me and um, a, my good friend Ash, Ash, um, one of my best mates, we went to see Iron Maiden in a box, um, and it was it was fantastic. We, we got there, uh, we got there relatively early, and all the boxes were empty. We, basically, we got it through my work. It was like a free gift sort of thing. So we went up to this this is the O2 in London, and we had like the DHL box we were sat in, and. It was fantastic, mate. They had all the food laid out for us. We had a little balcony you could sit on, you know, comfy seats and all, and you had a really great view. And I went up to the bar um, and basically asked the young lass beyond the counter, because she had a big fridge with all bottled lagers in and cans of lager and, all this, and lots of wine bottles and spirits and so on. And I said, um, so expecting like some extravagant price because it's London, it's a spot. Mm-hmm. Right? So how much for, for a lager? Um, and she said, oh, it's, it's all complimentary. And I was like, sorry? everything apart from these two bottles here which are some sort of really posh spirits everything else is is, is free just have as much as you want i was like oh you're about to see something really special my love <laughs> you know? and the next three hours <laughs> and i cannot really remember much about iron maiden but i know they were good <laughs> That's, it's brilliant when you get a box and it's all laid on so it's the it's like winning the lottery it is right it is um so, so have you got any more there magsy or is that uh yeah, so for a, a bad one, uh, and there's there's uh, quite a few like uh, incidents that happened. But we, I mean, uh, Mrs. Mags, we uh, we used to frequent uh, Bingley Music Festival quite regularly. Um, and this one year we went. I don't know if you've ever been to Bingley, but essentially no. the, the the festival part is in uh, this uh, park in in the town of Bingley called Myrtle Park. Um, but the the camping is uh, is in essentially a, a rugby pitch which is a, a few hundred metres uh, further down the road. So what you do is you go and set your tent up and then you, you essentially do this march with the, with the whole of the, uh, the, the, the patrons of Bingley uh, into, um, into Bingley um, Music Festival. And you go through all these like barriers to get through, you get searched and stuff like that. So this one year, uh, we discovered that you could get uh, Capri Suns uh, now you remember capsules right. with the yep. with the straw that you pierce and you drink away. Uh, fun time is had by all. Well, you could get capsules with a screw top. 
Right? So okay. us, be, we, us being the ingenious people that we were, we bought several of these Capri Suns, uh, drunk what was in it, rinsed them out, and topped it up with uh, with vodka. Because I don't know about you, but festival prices for beer is oh uh, yeah, it's disgusting, scandalous. Yeah, but then you have the issue of getting these Capri Suns into that their festival. Uh, they do bag searches, so you can't take in any uh, drinks at all. So you have to smuggle these on your person. So me, uh, for for my Capri Suns, I kind of wedged them uh, in between my legs and the 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 section that hangs. Like between the legs, I don't right. want to get too graphic. So I'm there going through this uh, chicane of barriers, uh, getting ready to be searched, walking essentially like I've shit myself, trying to keep the top of my legs wedged together whilst <laughs> the bottom of the legs are walking away. But I don't know, for people who don't know what Capri Suns are, they're essentially a foil-wrapped uh, drink. And that foil can be quite sharp yeah like to the point where if you're not careful it can cut you and uh these two capisons did cut in the in the place where they were uh being uh smuggled let's just say so that wasn't fun uh but being a, a festival goer i dealt with it as a as anyone would you just get pissed and forget about it so then the next incident came, uh, we had a, a tent and it was one of those kind of like last minute things. So we just ordered the first tent available. Um, we set it up. It was absolutely fine. Went to go to sleep in the tent uh, at ridiculous o'clock in the morning. The tent was too short. So my legs had to hang out of the tent. <laughs> okay. Um and uh, if you go back in the in the uh, archives of uh, of uh, chain wrestling, you'll you'll remember a story that I told where I've uh, essentially destroyed one of my legs through various uh, accidents and incidents. Uh, yeah. And I've got I've got uh, pins essentially holding my ankle together. Uh, and when that ankle gets particularly cold, it ends up being my god next to useless. So I wake up the next morning ready to go on a. Uh, uh, another festival jaunt and find that um, I am not able to essentially walk that distance from uh, the the campsite to Myrtle Park. So poor Mrs. Mags had to drive me home. Uh, oh, man. And I missed the second and third night of that festival. I mean, she left me. She drove me home, at, left me at the door. I got my way in and she went back to the festival and had a jolly old time. Um, but, yeah, so... That was a, a very, very bad weekend for me. But I enjoyed the The one night I had was brilliant. I think it was headlined by the the specials and then the Human League run as well. So we had a good time for that one night. Hmm. <laughs> for that one night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I suppose I better quickly run through the Man of War story that, uh, that Ari messaged in. Um, this was more of a weekend of very... Very big up and downs, I guess. We had a um, B and B booked 
just actually Birmingham to go. Big heavy metal fans, Man of War, a band that we, we both really enjoy. They're, they're incredibly cheesy and over the top and ridiculous if nobody's ever heard of or seen Man of War. But mm-hmm. it's great music, as, as cheesy and ridiculous as it is. So we went along to go see Man of War, thinking we'd never get to see them because they very rarely play in the UK. Very rarely. They headline festivals in Europe and, and South America and so on. Here, they're playing a tiny little club in Birmingham. So we got tickets, even though the place sold out really, really fast. Tracked over to, Bur- uh, to Birmingham to watch this, and you know we're, we're having a few beverages on the uh, on the train and so on. Get to our hotel, um, a B and B or whatever it was, and it's the most disgusting place I've ever, ever been in. There's stains up the wall, which I'm fairly certain came from one end of a human. I'm not sure where. Um, there's mold in the wall. Um, it was terrible, mate. So it was it was so bad. So straight away we're thinking this is no good. Um, and then Ari turns around and says he can't find his ticket. Oh. So like, what? So we're outside the front of the BM. Basically, it, we, we see it through the window, or what looks like it through the window. And we end up running around on this like grass verge. And Ari's chasing his ticket, fluttering down the road on this gust of wind, like some sort of expensive sold-out butterfly just out of his reach, just sort of <laughs> fluttering away, you know? So he's chasing this bloody thing that eventually gets it back. But a couple of hours later... He's lost it again. Thankfully, again, this time we find it in the room. It was okay, but it, that was a panic. And I'm, by this point, I'm, I'm starting to think, oh, for crying out loud. Um, a plus point, we arrive at the show and we're quite smashed. We both got our jackets on with patches all over the back and um, uh, we're, at the time, very big bearded fellas and so on. And these two younger heavy metal fans decide, and this is their words, not mine, okay? They decide to call us, and I've got the quote here, um, bloody hell, you two look like rock gods. So me and Ari were just like, okay. <laughs> yes, we do. Safe, though. Um, and these two young lads basically just bought us our drinks all night long. So that was a plus. Wow. Point, and we, we, and we consumed... They were like, you, you guys, you guys can really put your beer away. And we were like, if you're paying for it, yes, I will just keep going. <laughs> you know. So that was a plus point to the yeah. whole weekend. Less talk, um, more get to the bar. Yeah. Ari then was relatively poorly because he decided he was going to have two jumbo kebabs rather than maybe just one. Um, and then walking, you know, we lost him for a while, um, bumped into him coming out the kebab shop, half eating one kebab with another in his hand, half of it down his front. And then to, to round the evening off, um, Harry, in his inebriated state, thought it'd be really funny to see if he could get a kiss off a homeless guy for 20 quid, which he actually did. He paid a homeless guy 20 pounds for a bit of a kiss and uh, said, please go. Yeah, Uncle Metal Anya, that's right. It's that bloody idiot. Um, please use that money to not buy alcohol, but please buy a toothbrush. Now, I'm thinking that if he's paying for kisses, that's surely some form of solicitation, some sort of illegal activity there, but that's the thing. So the weekend of very much up and downs, up and downs. Um, I didn't remember a great deal of this until Harry messaged in and said the Man of War weekend. So when I asked him to, just like when he sent me the message, I've read it through and I was like, oh, okay, that's all right, because he sounds a lot worse than me. So I'll read that. <laughs> But no, that's kind of it, mate. Really, I've had I've had some absolutely disasters. I, I saw a puddle of mud in the Gloucester Guildhall. Um, I mean, you don't have to go any further. That's just no. a disaster in itself. The main guy was he, he spent the whole afternoon in the Weatherspoons around the corner, apparently, and he was just an absolute write off. Um, forgot to play their one of their biggest hits at the end. Um, there was a lot of trouble with that gig. He was an absolute state. It was an embarrassment. Um, wow. On the other side of the coin, 
I've been fortunate enough to see pretty much every one of my my favourite bands live. I've had some brilliant experiences. Uh, I've seen Motorhead 10 plus times and before, obviously, we lost Lemmy. Um, fantastic times doing that. I've been fortunate enough to see ACDC a couple of times and, and the show they put on is incredible. Um, so, yeah, you know, my I've been to loads and loads and loads of concerts. My good experiences far outweigh my bad. So I'm quite happy with that, mate. Yeah, I mean... Even the bad experience at concerts, are, they always give you something to remember, I suppose. Mm. Um, it's just that you do go for the music and, and come away with an amazing tale. I've uh, got plenty more uh, comments in the chat. Uh, Dan said he once went to West Brom versus uh, Liverpool Corporate. Uh, Liverpool won. And then after the game, Johnny Evans and Chris Brunt were coming up the stairs. Johnny Evans slipped and he's... Uh, uh, Dan's dad said, with footwork like that, that's why you lost the game. Uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> nice. Uh, then Scottish Danny said he met Kurt Angle in 2015. Spoiler, he's not six foot one, uh, but he was a <laughs> real gentleman. Um, bang, bang, podcast. Uh, Ander, my mate's a diabetic, so we used to smuggle vodka in his used Luxe bottles uh, at Glastonbury. He needs a Luxe, he's diabetic. It works every time. Brilliant. Wow. Uh, and then uh, Anya soliciting advice for a festival um, in London uh, next month. And the first thing that uh, advice that came up, Scottish Dana, get in and out of London as fast as humanly possible. That's very... <laughs> yeah, I can get on board with that. I can get on board Five with that. nerds go, London is a shithole. Uh, never a truer word was spoken on this podcast. Um Dan follows up your puddle of mud uh, story with uh, that he tried to hit on uh, his mate's wife when he was supposed to be singing. He still reckons Ash should have decked him. No, the bloke's the bloke's a dick. Um, Mama Pal comes back and says she loves the Guildhall. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic venue, absolutely brilliant venue. Love the place there, yeah. but just, it, it was just that the guy from the puddle of mud was a dick. So. <laughs> And then uh, that was the first gig that I took my best friend to as well. Sai had a good night, motorboat in her all night. Wow. We've got a special wow. relationship. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. <laughs> but again, some absolutely amazing comments, and uh, we appreciate the lawyer way too many to, to read out. This show would, would go three, four, five hours if, uh, if I read them all out, but we do appreciate it. Hi again, thank you so so much, everyone, for the interactions. Also, you can interact with us live here, but it's also worth keeping your eye out on our social medias uh, the Twitter, the Facebook, the uh, what's the other one? Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. You can find us on all of those if you just search at chain underscore wrestling on all of them, chuck them all a follow. That's where our the Twitter especially is where our weekly polls arrive for voting for our wrestling topics. And normally um, most interaction is on the Twitter for our non-wrestling topic as well. But they're yes. all there, open, chuck them all a follow. Um, and at the end of the show, we'll run through all our social medias as well. Um, Magazine then, mate, should we talk a little wrestling? Let's do it. Mm, let's get ready to rumble! Look at that professional. Okay. That was flash. I had to lie down after that. That took me, that took me breath away. That was. 
winning the poll this week with a whopping 65% of the votes was Mags's choice for the main event from WrestleMania 17, which was originally broadcast on the 1st of April 2001 mm-hmm. from the Reliant Astrodome in Houston, Texas. Um, there was 67,925 in attendance, if you believe the WWE figures. So you probably round it down a little bit, because let's be honest, they lie a lot. Um, the buy rate for this show was just over a million buys, which is huge. Absolutely yeah. gigantic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yes, Mags did definitely put that bit together. There's no way on earth I could have done that. No chance. <laughs> no chance. Um Maxi, this this pay per view is superb. It's absolutely fantastic, and this main yeah. event is 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 awesome as well. I always remember it for the ending, which obviously we'll come to when we get there. But the match itself is far better than I remember it being. Yes, it's it, it's it's so so good. I mean, this is what it goes almost half an hour, um, but you wouldn't have thought it because you were just on the edge of your seat from. Essentially, from the the minute one. I mean, we're, before we get to the match, though, you you have to watch the the promo a few minutes before oh, yeah. uh, the, the the incredible Maui. That for me is a promo that is unmatched in uh in WWE programming. And even if you if you've got time, search out the the Jim Ross uh sit down interview with between the two uh in the in the run up. I think it's on the the SmackDown from the twenty second of March uh, two thousand and one. That to me feels that's Jim Ross in his element. That's exactly how AEW should be using him now in that kind of uh, situation. He's so good at getting that kind of a uh, emotion across in in in, a, in an interview. Uh, the Rock and and Austin obviously having this uh, this bitter rivalry, um, and then you throw in the mix that that Deborah was the uh, assigned the Rock's manager by Vince. Um, then you have a uh, Rock saying he wasn't there to protect her. That's Austin's problem, which leads to more uh, issues down the road uh, when Deborah gets hit by, I think, her angle. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, she gets the, she gets her, the ankle lock, sorry, back her angle. So Austin uh, comes out, uh, beats up the Rock for that because he's not looking out for her, which leads to the Rock coming out and, and hitting the Rock bottom. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a great way to build up to this match. And then we we haven't even spoke about the fact that Vince had just bought his rivals, and yeah. all that was in this lead up. It was uh, such a uh, a convoluted um, um, storyline going into this, and how Vince pulled out the best WrestleMania of all time uh, with all those kind of balls juggled in the areas. It's phenomenal. You also had um, the XFL starting for the first time around this period as well, didn't yes, you? The, the he? The football did. league that they tried to promote. So he was buying, he was buying his biggest rivals in WCW. That I mean, the, the, the Monday before this WrestleMania was the, the simulcast. I think they call it, don't they? Where you had Monday Nitro yeah. and raw broadcasting at the same time. Yeah. And they unveil that Shane has actually got WCW. And so on. that was the Monday before this WrestleMania. Yeah, and you had the Panama city. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you had WCW wrestlers sat in the skybox watching the show that they kept cutting mm-hmm. to every now and again. Uh, and uh, yeah, you're right, Maxi. This is a, an unbelievable pay per view. It's, it's a four hour show, just shy of that is absolutely storming. Um, hello, Liv. <laughs> um, absolutely storming event from start to finish. 
but all this was going on at the same time. It, it baffles me really that now you, you get the modern product that is as poor as it is, but you, can, you, you know, 20 years ago, you could produce this with so much going on in the background as well. Yeah. It's, it, it's, this was when wrestling was at its peak for me uh, in in coolness. Um, it was it was the hottest it had been for, for for WWE at least. The fact that they'd beaten their rivals after the the infamous eighty three weeks, uh, they uh, they were the essentially the only show in town, and they put on the biggest event uh, possible. Mm. Uh, and it could have easily flopped, but they absolutely nailed it. And another thing to consider is that this show might have been cut short uh, due to the the uh, the hardcore match that that happened earlier in in, in the ah, night. Ah, yes. When uh, Raven uh, drove a essentially a golf cart and parked it on the main cable uh, that powered the whole stadium, um, and it was very close to uh, severing that cable. So, yeah, a lot of a uh, kind of a. Uh, it seems like all the eggs were in one basket, and uh, we got this amazing show out of it. Yeah, without a doubt, it was it was a fantastic pay per view. Um, the main event itself, then, I mean, the build up is obviously that they're heading to this huge WrestleMania, so they want something special in the main event, as they always do for WrestleMania. Of course, it's their mm-hmm. biggest show of the year. So we're looking at the Rock and Austin are the two biggest names in the business at this stage, and have been for a, for a while. They are absolutely huge. Both of them are on relatively the good guy side of the fence i guess the fans are the fans are firmly behind both of these individuals um you have austin winning the rumble in in january to book his place in the main event of wrestlemania and then the following month at no way out you have the rock beating kurt angle to win the title so that sets up austin versus the rock at wrestlemania the two biggest names in the business going for at this stage I, I guess the biggest prize at the biggest show in the biggest match. And so it's, it's huge. It's huge. Um, and the crowd sort of, I suppose, echo how big and, and how great this match is. The, as you mentioned, Magsy, that the video package, the buildup that they show before this is done so well. And then the crowd are just so into this. Obviously it's Texas. So it's Austin's, home state is almost like his his home field advantage for him but they are crazy wild this texas crowd aren't they the 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 volume and the noise it's just it's it's fantastic isn't it everything that austin does in this match gets a huge huge pop until we get to the end um but yeah (laughs) it just he's coming out to that uh to that um edited the uh the kind of remix austin uh music the Mm. crowd lap it up it's 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 deafening i mean for me there's only two pops that that can uh that can match this uh it's the 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 one with uh that we see with rock and hogan uh wrestlemania 18 mm-hmm. and then the the jericho uh debut on raw uh it, it's along those lines of of being so loud that it gives you goose pimples of just how how electric this crowd was yeah Without a doubt. Um, I think as well, I, I don't need to explain it again, but I, I'm going to anyway. I'm a massive Jim Ross fan. Anyone who listens to this show or my other show know how big a Jim Ross fan I am. And this, this guy provided the soundtrack to, to to my 
to my youth, the soundtrack to everything I was watching. He was the, he was a commentator on WCW when I was watching WCW bits and bobs in the early nineties. He was then the commentator for WWE from ninety three onwards when I was getting the videotapes from my uncle and so on. Um, he was obviously the commentator through this period when I was watching it on Sky. Um, and it's fantastic now that Jim Ross works for AEW and I can watch Jim Ross commentating now with my daughter and so on. That I, I love all that as well. That's a real special thing for me personally. But I think Jim Ross here, alongside Paul Heyman as the commentary team, just add so, so much. I know it's a bit of a cliche that they're providing the soundtrack to the pictures on screen and it's their job to build the hype and so on. But I think Heyman and... Um, Jim Ross together is a hugely underrated commentary commentary duo because everyone thinks of Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler together. But I think mm-hmm. these two, I think I prefer these two. Yeah, especially for this match, uh, knowing uh, the storyline that's going to come with uh, with uh, Heyman uh, being part of the invasion and stuff like that. But yeah, Heyman knocks it out of the park. He is the perfect foil uh, for this match, I think if you had King in that role with his um, his kind of like uh, bawdy attempts at, uh, at comedy, I don't think it would work as well because no. this there was nothing comical about this match. This was for all the marbles. This was serious. This meant so much, and I think uh, Jim Ross and Paul Heyman did a perfect job at, at, at getting that um, getting that passion and emotion over to the to the the people watching at home. Yeah, without a doubt. I think it helps that they didn't necessarily like each other as well because the, the bickering between them, it almost did feel that extra that extra realism to that, I guess. And um, and that and that bickering built and built as the, ma- yeah. uh, the match went on because uh, you get closer to the end and, you, and uh, Paul is actively taking jabs at Jim Ross saying, oh, you have to watch your boy, uh, essentially your, your best friend, uh, not not being able to achieve the uh, what he wants to achieve. So it, it's even that was a, a story in itself, how they were they were getting more and more uh, aggressive at, at the, the comments towards each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we, we start off very, very quickly, don't we? <laughs> Punch it. Yeah, just, just a brawl right from the off. There's no... Um, well, the, the, well, this uh, isn't uh, uh, sorry, go on. essentially, Austin interrupts Rock's uh entrance because mm. we we get the Austin entrance, he comes down the the ramp, uh, does so his, a huge uh, reaction as well. The crowd yeah. goes oh, crazy, it's, it's, it's massive, it's absolutely mm. massive. Uh, and he does the, the the four corners thing and uh, uh, middle finger into the crowd and stuff like that. Then the Rock comes out and he stands on uh. He stands on one corner and we get that sweeping camera angle from the back. And it, it's such a brilliant shot and just shows how big that crowd was, just shows how epic the uh, the event was. Flash bulbs um, as well. Yeah. That's something uh, I really miss from wrestling. When, when you, the old-fashioned cameras, the old-fashioned flash bulbs going off everywhere when they mm-hmm. stand in the corner and pose and just, everything just lights up. Oh, I miss that. Uh, and now it's just a uh, phone, um, yeah. phone flashlights. Uh, but yeah, we get that image, and the Rock is staring down Austin, and Austin won't take his eyes off the belt. And then he goes to a second corner, uh, doing the same thing. You're expecting him to go to a third corner, and Austin just lamps him on the way down. And we are off to the races. Just massive, massive shots. Quick Luthers. Um, the the Rock. Uh, he, he kind of stops uh, Austin's momentum with that with that swinging net breaker, and the booze he gets for that yeah. is unreal. I mean, this was 
This was heat just because he did a swinging net break to stop Austin uh, laying into him. Uh, yeah, wow, that that is shocking. The 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 uh, the Rock drew so much heat, and then we get almost like the quick attempts at finisher. Both guys go for their uh, their finisher, which is uh, which is stopped, and then we even see the Rock attempting uh, a stunner, uh, which is then uh, leads to the first time that they get uh, onto the outside of the ring. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was at this moment I saw again. I was watching this match with my youngest daughter. Um, and I sort of turned to her and I said, uh, who do you want to win then? And she sat there eating her tea. Um, she, she knows The Rock. She knows Austin. She watches a lot of the old wrestling back with me. because, it, And I like that because, I, as I mentioned on previous shows, I get to, a lot of the time, see a first-time reaction to something that you and I, Mags, maybe have seen over and over again. Um, Charlie loves Steve Austin anyway. She thinks the guy's great. Um, and she's a big fan of The Rock as well. But on this this instance, she was very much Team Austin. And I asked why, and she said it was very much because of the Broken Skull Ranch show that he did, because we watched it on holiday one year. It just happened to be on at the same time we sit down for our tea. So Austin has <laughs> obviously you know worked his way into her heart through this, this game show that he hosted oh. on his ranch, which is quite nice. Um, but it's we got so many big moments early on, but they seem... They probably seem bigger than they actually are because of the crowd. I mean, you get a big flying clothesline from The Rock and a big belly-to-belly suplex from The Rock that are greeted by, again, a chorus of boos. But they seem huge moves. But I think maybe that's because, again, of the reaction of the crowd. Yeah, and I suppose when you were at the headline in the biggest show in wrestling, you put that extra little... Uh, percentage of effort in so uh mm. you you fly uh through the air a little further your your shots land with a little bit more uh kind of energy um so i think that's why they kind of stand out if you were watching this same match on a standard weekly raw they probably wouldn't put as much uh effort in um no. so that i think that's why it stands out um so uh early on austin um um He's pointed out by Paul Ehrman, which is brilliant, how desperate he was to win the belt that he's willing to uh, expose the turnbuckle. We then go back outside, and this is a this is the one minor quibble I will have with this match. Uh, it's uh, when um, we get to uh, the the ring uh, bell table. We uh, we get the I think it's Austin's head gets slammed into it. Then the uh, the rock canner is talking to Earl Hebner, who trips over the the the, the ring stairs. Yeah, and then Rock trips over him, uh, <laughs> and then does he does a, a blade job of um, of Ric Flair proportions? Mm-hmm. Let's say he might as well just go straight up to the camera because you see him pick up the blade. Uh, and then he falls over, and then he he like puts his the blade to his head, and you see all of it go uh, perfectly live on camera. Austin grabs the ring bell, clock, and then it's made out as if the ring bell is what what made uh, the rock bleed when really he bladed and he we bladed know what went badly. On, don't we? Yes, we know we what do. went on. Um, you get a little bit of the same from Steve Austin himself, I think, when you go back into the ring, because Austin ends up getting sent into the exposed turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. So we've got like just literally the metal hook in the corner where the pad's been taken off. Austin gets his head bumped into it, bounces back, lands on the mat, and we can see him go in his trunks and sort of ferret around a little bit before the camera cuts away. So you kind of yes. see what's happening there. You know what's coming. Um, but yeah, we end up with both guys bleeding. 
quite heavily. But the pace never really drops, Mags, does it? It's like no. these matches that go on, these main event matches that go on 25, 30 minutes or whatever, um, you tend to find there's a lull in the action. You will start quick, finish quick, whatever. But somewhere along the way, there's a bit of a lull in the action, a bit of a drop in speed or however you want to word it. I don't think that happened here at all. And no, so literally they're... right at the end, when there was potentially a couple of moments where they were stalling for dramatic effect with, with, with what went on there, but... Yeah, I mean, you, you've got the the whole kind of a segment where Austin is uh, essentially rebounding off the ropes from uh, the Rock's uh, punches, which mm. um, is, is slows the pace down a little bit, but not enough for you to be taken out of the the show. And then you get the the bits uh, include where they involve the sharpshooter, which for me is a beautiful uh, kind of like callback yeah. to WrestleMania thirteen that was awesome. with yeah, the blood and- as well. Exactly. It was such a uh, a good uh, uh, visual. And then when you get Austin uh, basically doing the, the sharpshooter to the rock and you get that, that, that similar kind of view with uh, all rocks blood dripping into his mouth and, and it mixing with his saliva. So you, it's, it's streaming all over. Such a good, good uh, visual. The rock powers out of that. Um, and then, yeah, we see Austin pull out the million dollar dream, which is so, I mean, the callbacks in this is just it's just absolutely brilliant i mean there's a there's a point where um the rock counters that million dollar dream just like how bret hart countered uh at survivor series 96 so it, yeah it's and um callback after callback after callback it's so so good even going a little bit further as well the sleeper counter from mm-hmm. bret hart to pin roddy piper at wrestlemania mm-hmm. 8 that was very much a similar sort of finish there the the sharpshooter moments i enjoyed as well because of the comments made by my little wrestling companion watching the match with me she kind of watched and she, obviously before the match it's declared it, it's, it's been made public that at the last minute this has all of a sudden become no disqualification yeah so charlie very astutely and very cleverly states hmm well the only person who can make it no disqualification this late is vince mcmahon so why has he done that so fair play, Charlie. Little tick for you there. That's very well worked out. But then we're sat watching the the sharpshooter moments, and the Rock is the one who puts it on first. Austin gets to the ropes. The Rock is getting told by the ref to let go because Austin has made the ropes, and he does. And Charlie quite rightly states, "Well, why is he letting go? It's a non disqualification. It's a no DQ match." You know, so my my eleven year old daughter is pointing out flaws in what they're doing. I guess why is he let go? He doesn't have to. It's a no DQ match. And then Austin puts the sharpshooter on the rock. And when the rock is, sorry, the, the rock makes the ropes, the referee tells Austin to get off. He's figured this out and he, he gives the sort of standard stone cold salute, I guess, to the referee, because he's not getting off. He's holding that hold on for a bit longer. But that sort of, it didn't actually enter my mind until my daughter pointed that out to me, Mags. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the 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 rules of a of a, a match only apply when they need to apply. Yeah, uh, yeah, and when when it works for the story that they don't apply, they 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 don't apply. I mean, do you really need a referee for a for a no disqualification match apart from to count the pin? But yet you'll still see referees getting involved in. Uh, for instance, Earl Ebner in this match was telling Austin to get in the ring all the time. Um, mm. But if it's no disqualification, why does he need to do that? All he needs to do is be around to make sure we get that uh, we get that pin. Yeah. Also, on a little side note, I bloody hate how The Rock does a sharpshooter. I've always hated it. It looks like crap. It looks like when John Cena does an STF. It is it is shite, mate. 
and it probably takes me out at the moment. Do you know what I mean? I'm all about the, I'm all about realism and and being being lost in what I'm watching, the, the illusion of what they're creating for us as fans. And when the Rock puts a sharpshooter on, it's just like, oh mate. Where, you know I mean? where is the Austin sharpshooter where he really like kind of leaned back mm. into it uh, and he made it look really kind of brutal? Mm. I'm a big rock fan, by the way. I don't want to be seen as like just criticizing the guy, but that is one thing that I really, really am not a fan of. Um, after these sharpshooter spots, that is when the aforementioned Vince McMahon arrives, striding to ah, the ring. Ah, the you, way you, he can. You've missed when the rock hits the stunner. Oh, okay. Yeah, carry on, Maxi. Yeah, so uh, pretty much straight after the 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 um, the million dollar dream section where um, the Rock turns it into the a pin, and and Austin has to let go of the the million dollar dream, or else he will lose the match. Uh, he turns around and Rock bangs him with a stunner, gets a two count. Uh, the crowd are going absolutely ballistic, and then Paul Heyman and and Jim Ross point out that. Uh, that Vince McMahon is uh, walking down to the ring and it's not his usual kind of a uh, Billy Big Bollocks walk. He's walking with a purpose. Uh, right. it's, it's actually kind of a, it's uh, explained by Paul Heyman that this match is the most important match in, in the, in the WWF. It's uh, a decision for a billion dollar company. And he wants to make sure that uh, the right victory, the right victory happens. There's no kind of illusion to who he's there to, to help. Um, but yeah, Vince, uh, Vince starts making his way down to the the ring. Um, that's I think we see Austin get a a, a quick a pin an almost a pinfall from a spam buster. Uh, the Rock does the, the does the same for him. Hits a people's elbow, and then Vince shows his allegiance when he pulls the Rock off the pin, and the pop is massive. The Rock yep. is confused realizes that Vince has, uh, has screwed him and we get those kind of like one-on-one uh, close-ups of Vince being smarmy and cocky. Then when he realizes the rock knows what he's done, he's got that kind of, uh, oh shit, look like, yeah. like almost kind of the gulp. Uh, the rock goes outside, chases him around the ring. Uh, <laughs> Watching Vince... McMahon run is always really funny, isn't it? It's kind of like a little waddly sort of, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so, so funny. Uh, but, I mean, for a guy of his age, he, he was still pretty nippy. Uh, he hey, quicker than the... I'd be. <laughs> yeah, he, he outpaced the, the Rock, but he uh, Vince slides into the ring. The Rock follows him, uh, but Austin is, has got back to his feet, catches the Rock in a rock bottom, and bang, uh, goes for the pin, still can't get it. Hits the stunner. Rock says no, this is not, and that's when we get the ref bump, uh, the typical Earl Hebner ref bump. Yeah, that's right. Um, which again, I suppose you don't need because it's a no DQ match, so he does. He's <laughs> not going to get disqualified for using. Uh, basically, uh, we're, we're coming to the end of the match now, and, and you have um, McMahon siding with Austin, which is. Uh, you know, you go back any time previously to this, it's unthinkable that this would happen because the rivalry they had, it, the whole company was built around the Austin McMahon rivalry for years. So the fact that they're siding together here is quite a, quite a moment in wrestling history, I guess. And it's quite a surprise for a lot of people watching. But so we have McMahon holding, well, the McMahon and Austin basically holding the rock. One would hold him, the other one would hit him with a chair. Um, 
when that didn't work, they'd fetch another chair and beat beat the rock down with that, working together to basically just destroy the rock until ultimately they they do get the job done, don't they? They get the they get the three count after an absolutely brutal beat down of, of the rock when he's on the floor, just hitting him and hitting him and hitting him with his chair. And and having Vince there cheerleading uh Austin <laughs> doing this, it, it's he's I mean, love him or hate him, Vince, uh, when he's in the ring, he shows passion and he, he sold that he wanted the rock to, to take that whooping. It was uh, mm. a really cool, again, another really cool visual in a match full of cool visuals. Um, but um, the commentary on this was, was, was getting to the peak for me. Uh, you had uh, yeah, Paul Heyman say, saying that, this proves that Austin will will do absolutely anything. He will forget the the hatred of his of his biggest rival in wrestling just for that chance to be WWF champion again. Uh, and it was it was true because he he essentially shook hands with the devil after the match. He uh, he uh, he literally just beats the shit out of Rock with the chair, gets the pin. Uh, we get the stare off between Vince and 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 Austin. They both look down, and the camera pans down to the the, the shake heard round the world. Uh, Austin has shook hands with the devil, and then to to um, to finish it off, we get the the beers uh, between Austin and McMahon. And to yeah. be fair to McMahon, he can chug a beer with the best of them. He uh, <laughs> he didn't miss a drop. Um, Austin lays a, a beer down in in respect for for the Rock. Then the rock gets back up and he gets leveled again, which is just yeah. brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, some lines on commentary were just like you said, Maxi, just brilliant, um, brilliant, you know, sound to the pictures we're seeing, isn't it? It's a brilliant soundtrack to the visuals we're getting. Um, Stone Cold is shaking hands with Satan himself as the handshake mm-hmm. went on, as you said there, Max. Uh, Stone Cold has sold his soul for the WWF title. Is another one because he's you know forming this allegiance with you know the, the evil Vince McMahon. I guess just brilliant, brilliant storytelling, brilliant drama, just brilliant wrestling, and a great match. I think. Yeah, it, it really, really is. I mean, from from the the two biggest stars in in wrestling, this was kind of like it, it's special when you capture lightning in a bottle with one big name wrestler, but to have two of this caliber together at the same time, it was mm-hmm. absolute magic. Um, and like it or love it with the, the Austin uh, heel turn, a lot of people in hindsight absolutely hated it. But if you want to do something that will make sure people are watching raw the next day and make sure they're watching uh, uh, for the next few uh, weeks and months, there was no bigger heel turn at that time. Absolutely no, not. That's right. The fact that Austin shaking hands with his mortal enemy. I mean, this is a guy who uh, who spent years tormenting uh, Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon spent years tormenting uh, Steve Austin. These two hated each other with a vengeance, but for the sake of the WF title, they were willing to put all that aside and, and shake hands with the devil. It's, it's brilliant. Absolute brilliant. Yeah. And you mentioned there about getting people to tune in again afterwards with what went on on the show. Um, that worked for me because I, I sat there and I put the episode of Raw on, the, the <laughs> following episode of Monday Night Raw after this. Um, give you a little rundown of what happens there. The Rock arrives, um, demanding a rematch that night. Triple H is cross with Vince because he's saying, well, why why are you siding with Austin? 
um, what about me sort of thing. Um, eventually, The Rock gets his rematch in a steel cage that evening on Raw. Now, I totally forgot all this happened, that we've got the two biggest names in the business facing each other yet again the very next night in a steel cage. I can't believe I forgot that, but that's you know quite a big deal as well, isn't it? Was that not the 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 last we see of The Rock for a while? Because I'm sure that's when he goes off to film uh, the Scorpion King. Because uh, it, it, Scorpion King. Because it, it, that's what leads to the two man power trip that we were getting that's with right. Austin Austin Triple H. Yeah, yeah, because that's the, how the show goes off the air. The Rock's got beaten up by Triple H getting involved as well. Yeah, um, was it was it Scor- I thought 2002 he left to do Scorpion King. Was he in the Mummy? Maybe. It could have been that, yeah. Uh, I, don't know. I know. I know. You left my wife, my wife would know. She's a big Dwayne Johnson fan, but yeah. <laughs> um, so then, Magzi, I suppose we do as we always do. Uh, rate our matches out of ten. Um, just a reminder for everyone out there. Uh, that's right. What about me, Triple H? That's right. Griffin <laughs> um, in the chat, brilliant. The, the the format is always to rate out of ten. Um, but we need to remember that despite how fantastic this pay-per-view is, we're rating the match itself, not the event or the ongoings around it. So, as always, Mags, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, again, uh, taking into account that this is on the best pay-per-view that WF has ever put on, it, it would be easy to give this a 10 out of 10. But as we rate this uh, um, on its own as a match, um there was a few things that, that uh, kind of didn't make sense. The ref bumper, the following the rules of a DQ match uh, as mm. and when it sees fit, um, the the dodgy blade jobs. Um, so on its own, I can't in good conscience give it a 10 out of 10 because it's certainly not on the level of uh, Kenny and uh, a Carter 4. Um, no. But it, it was still a massively, massively entertaining match. Um, so I think I'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten. Bloody hell. Do you know what I've got written down in front of me here, Max? Eight and a half out of ten I've got. Wow. Wow. Same again, mate. Same again. Great man. Again, I think a lot. For all the same... Or, well, yeah, already it's a grieve. Or, um, we have, <laughs> uh, for all the same reasons as you, mate, it's it's... It's fast paced. It's it, right from the very beginning. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to let up for the whole time. There's the storytelling, the drama, and you get all the stuff you want. There's a bit of blood there. There's um, interference, but it's done well with McMahon. It's not unnecessary interference. The chair shots. They're using each other's moves on each other. The, the sharpshooter spots. Fantastic. Um, just absolute drama all the way through. And then that that classic WWF style swerve ending. The surprise ending with McMahon. But if my little girl is turning around and going, pointing out flaws in 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 the sort of refereeing of a no DQ match, that kind of takes it me at the moment as well. It's not doesn't quite sit well with me. And again, the, the blading and certain other moments. So eight and a half for me, I think is uh is it, pretty accurate, mate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it just okay. makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Dan Griffin in the chat is saying that it's a conspiracy between us. Uh, Honestly, Dan, we do not <laughs> we do not uh, kind of confer about those numbers. Um, it's just like, like we said, great man's thing, Clark or fool seldom differ. I suppose we actually we actually sort of have um, quite a few matches where we're quite way off each other, don't we? Mm-hmm. But then you actually you look at the averages, we're really close. It's funny yeah. how it works out because there are some where you've given it like a, a six and I've given it a two or whatever, and then there are other matches where we've done the same. What we've done here, eight and a half each. 
but somehow it works out like I think our averages are around 6.8 or 6.9 each, mm-hmm. roughly, give or take. So it's funny, after so many episodes, it does work out as close as it does, I guess, Max. Yes. It's, it's, you would think we would be kind of way off uh, mm. with, uh, with you knowing way more about that, the, uh, the, the older kind of wrestling, uh, the, the pre WWF support and then the, uh, the, the WCW uh, side of things. And with me being a dad in the wool uh, WWF uh, uh, fan, you'd think we would have uh, wildly different opinions, but we, we do seem to agree quite a lot. It's just that when we don't agree, they're so wide that it, it kind of uh, it kind yeah. of uh, inflates the numbers. Yeah, well, there we go. I can't guide you in the right way all the time, Maxie, I'm afraid. Can I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, where do we go next? And for those watching or listening for the first time, as Maxie explained at the top of the show, the way this um, this 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 show works, the way chain wrestling works, is every show links to the previous and the next. So today's topic was obviously Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 17. We now will both put forward an option as to where we go next week, which will have to link to this match, whether it's to do with a certain title, a certain competitor, the arena, whichever way we want to do it. Uh, Magsy will put forward his choice, I'll put forward mine. In a day or two after the show comes out in audio style, the, the options will appear on our Twitter, at chain underscore wrestling, on Twitter as a poll for people to vote in. And then when the poll closes, whoever has the most votes, that is what we cover next week and so on and so on and so on. So in theory, you can trace our very first episode, Scott Steiner versus Booker T in a straight jacket steel cage match, which is nonsense and horrible to watch right the way through up to WrestleMania 17 here via the Global Wrestling Federation, WCW, the NWA, WWE, New Japan, all over the place. So yeah, Magsy, where would you like to take us next? Okay, so... This, like we've said time and time again, was arguably one of uh, WWE's biggest shows, arguably their best WrestleMania that they put on. And it was absolutely star-packed. I mean, you've got uh, Chris Jericho um, in in an early match against uh, William Regal. You've got mm-hmm. um, you've got the likes of Kane and Raven and Big Show in a hardcore match. Um, you've got the, 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 the street fight between Shane and uh, Vince McMahon. But you've got two uh, two wrestlers smack bang in the middle of the card. Um, who one who is uh, getting his his real first taste of being in the main uh, the main card fixture, and one who is uh, who that will soon come for him. He's uh, he's more kind of now in those kind of workhorse title uh, scenes. Um, I'm looking at. Eddie Guerrero, who uh, who beat Test for the for the WF European title, and then uh, Kurt Angle, who beat Chris Benoit. Uh, okay. Now those uh, those two would uh, would face off a, a WrestleMania of their own uh, just three years later. So the match I want to go to is the single match for the WWE title. Eddie Guerrero uh, going in as champion, defending against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania twenty. Oh, what a match that was. Let me just make a quick note of that here. That is a barnstormer. Uh, and this was 2004, wasn't it? WrestleMania 20. It was, uh, that, yes. That's a period of wrestling I really enjoy. Um, uh, you know, People don't like to talk about him because of, for obvious reasons, but Benoit had a world title match. Um, mm-hmm. And the end of his life, it, disgusting. But the, the, the matches that we had 
during this period with Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and so on. Fantastic stuff. Eddie Guerrero was superb in this era. SmackDown as a whole was, was fantastic. And that yes. match there, Angle versus Eddie at WrestleMania 20, what a contest that is. That is absolutely storming. And I'm I'm fairly certain, Mags, that you're going to actually trounce me in the poll this week. I'm not going to lie. That is a barnstormer of a match. That is a barnstormer. For the for the first official live chain wrestling, I had to go hard. Um, well, so if if your pick tops that, it must be a banger. So let's hear it. Going hard live on the internet, mate. Are we back on that webcam again? Are we, or is this? Uh... <laughs> um, my choice actually goes, I suppose, back to my wheelhouse, back to a. Uh, my favourite sort of time, I guess, one of my favourite periods in wrestling. And you mentioned earlier on, Magazine, we were saying about our differences with you being very much WWF fan. And I, I've got my interests in NWA and WCW and, and so on as well. Um, and the link is quite straightforward, to be fair. Uh, I'm going to use Stone Cold Steve Austin as the link. Um, he famously wrestled in WCW when he had floppy blonde hair and no beard as stunning Steve Austin. And for around nine months, I think, it seems like it was a lot longer um, in memory. But when we actually look at the timeline. I think it was only around eight to nine months. Austin was part of a really, really good tag team called the Hollywood Blondes with yes. uh, Flying Brian Pillman. Brilliant tag team in, in, in quite a good period for WCW in ring. Production wise, storyline wise, shocking it was dire but in ring you had some very good action there and i'd like to go back to let me just bring the date up here bear with me i would like to go back to june 16th 1993 and using austin as the link watch the hollywood blondes face off against rick flair and arn anderson in a two out of three falls match for the NWA and WCW world tag team titles from clash of the champions 23. Mm -hmm. Great pick again, not something that's uh, really in my wheelhouse, but uh, yeah, the sounds like it's a, a formidable, formidable challenger to, to my pick. Uh, just got a couple more final um, comments in the chat. UTT Rob uh, says, where is Graham? Uh, asking if that is a mean or a median average, talking about our average uh, uh, scores being very equal. And I think, I mean, Rob is more of a mathematician than I, but I think that our the way workout is mean. It's where you add all the numbers together, then divide them by the amount of numbers that there are. Uh, that's mean. I think median is the more populous uh, pick. And then there's another one called Maud, which I think is the exact centre point of the, the two extreme numbers. So, yeah, it's mean. Um, Anya, uh, my 77-year-old great-grandparents, who are the most innocent people, watch wrestling, and I have never heard such rage. I quote from my grandma, smack his head, kick his balls. What a way <laughs> to end the show. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Okay, fantastic. Uh Okay, then. So quickly, one last quick recap. Your options for next week are the WWE, it would have been WWE by that stage, wouldn't it, Max? Is that right? Yes, WWE. Yeah, yeah, WWE title match between Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20. Two of possibly the best wrestlers of all time facing mm -hmm. off for the WWE Championship, again on the biggest show of the year, and it is an absolute barnstormer of a match. Or we have Clash of the Champions 23, 
Stone Cold, well, stunning Steve Austin and Flying Brian Pillman as the Hollywood Blondes facing the Four Horsemen duo of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson for the NWA and WCW World Title Tag Team Titles in a two out of three fours match. Um, absolutely brilliant hidden gem that contest is as well. Two great choices. Um, please jump on our Twitter and vote when the poll is up. Keep an eye on our social media for that. Um, that is at chain underscore wrestling. Uh, Magsy, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you and the Radio Techers content and all the other great good stuff? Okay, so firstly, um, um, thank you for everybody in the chat. You have made this show yeah. uh, a massive, massive success. Uh, being perfectly honest, uh, I know that Simon was was incredibly nervous doing this. Uh, I was and absolutely bricking. How <laughs> how quickly uh, he uh, he uh, really uh, got into it. It's uh, it's been absolutely brilliant, and you guys in the chat have been uh, been a massive massive part of that. So we uh, we thank you for sticking around, and hope you uh, continue to do so. And uh, uh, if you haven't already subbed, please uh, give this uh, this channel a sub. Uh, give this video a like. Uh, it helps us uh, get more viewers and it helps us with the algorithm, so it really would be appreciated. Uh, you can follow me down here on the Twitters, at Podfather Mags. You can follow uh, Radio Techers, at Radio Techers. And uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, definitely keep uh, your eyes peeled and uh, your ears open because there's plenty more content coming to uh, the Radio Techers brand in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to do some big, big things on this channel, and uh, this is just the beginning. Exciting times, Magsy. Exciting times. I cannot mm -hmm. wait. Um, you can find me at SJP Words on Twitter, um, which was somewhere around there. Just there, there. There it is. There. It's so difficult to do, isn't it? Your arm goes the wrong way. It's quite tricky. Um, yeah, you can find me at SJP Words on Twitter. That's it. Uh, you can find the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at chain underscore wrestling. Um, make sure you are looking out on our social medias for all the topics we cover dates and times of our live shows going forward. Um, I want to second what Magsy has said there on two points. Um, one, yes, I was nervous as hell. I was absolutely bricking it. <laughs> you would not believe it. How terrified I was of doing this. And secondly, thank you so, so much to everybody who has took the time out to watch live. Anyone who listens to the show on an audio uh, recording anyone who watches the show back in a future date within the, in the video format um anyone who interacts with us online votes in the poll retweets our stuff we say it time and time again but i want to say it especially now that I, you know you can actually see our, our ugly mugs um me and magsy may put the show out record it and talk the wrestling but chain wrestling is your show without you this wouldn't exist it really wouldn't yes. nobody nobody wants to listen to me and this idiot chat for an hour and a half without you Oh. This wouldn't exist. Okay. <laughs> no, but so, yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is definitely. So I cannot express my gratitude enough. One last time at chain underscore wrestling on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, Magsy, I'm off now to track down the lead singer from Puddle of Mud and try and get my money back from around six years ago. <laughs> I'll speak to you next week, my friend. See you later. Bye -bye.